Two Girls, One Podcast, a classic story of girl meets girl, girl interviews furries in VR, girl loses girl, girl finds a replacement girl, girl launches a Patreon, tale as old as time. Please DM for a great price on the novelization rights. And now here are the hosts whose Harry Potter Star Trek crossover fan fiction only has 10,000 more words to go. Alison Goldberg and Lindsay Ford. I'm Allie. And I'm Lindsay. And we are your hosts of Two Girls, One Podcast, a podcast where we look at all kinds of weird things we find on the internet. Although today's topic is really not weird at all. I would say it's one of our most normal. I did air quotes. Could you see them? It's probably (laughs) one of our most normal topics we've ever done. Yeah. You know, I think it's normal in some ways, except that the fact that Today we are talking about writing and writers and how all of us can be writers. And the thing is, of all the writers I know, they're all pretty weird. Mm. Mm. Right? Okay. But then you're bringing up the fundamental question of what is normal? Who is Truly. normal? Is and if someone normal? were quite normal, it would be extremely weird. One of my friends told me, I think the meanest thing you can say to Lindsay is that she's normal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I told you my favorite description of you is when... A mutual friend said, Lindsay speaks, Lindsay opens her mouth and personality falls out. (laughs) I was like, I'm so jealous. That's how I want to be described. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to put that on my my website, which I don't have, but I should. Girl, get it together. Also, speaking of personality, we haven't received any applications for husbandry lately. Yes, I know husbandry is animals, but I like it better here. And I love animals as well. And what so are if husbands, you... if not animals, that you've trained very well? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> it was the obvious I, I joke. Like... I had to say it. I hate yeah. myself for it. It's okay. I still love you. And maybe someone out there likes obvious jokes, and they are <laughs> also for you. Maybe someone likes the fact that you didn't try there. <laughs> <laughs> not that you didn't try, but that your best was average. <gasps> No, you know what it is? You win some, you win some, you lose some. You got to throw it all out there. They're not all going to be gems. And Matt should really be editing all of the other ones down. Hello, Matt. And speaking of Matt, hi. Um, yeah, sorry. I was not allowed to talk until I was introduced. Thank you very no, much. See, we, we don't just train so our well husbands well. <laughs> <laughs> We're hmm. practicing on Matt, but most of the credit goes to his wife. That's true. She did the training. And they met his children, so he got trained early. Oh my gosh. You know, speaking of children, like how old were you when you met your wife, Matt? Mm, We were juniors in high school-ish, something like that. Oh, okay. Not like babies. No. Yeah, but how old? Like Uh, Whatever that is. 16, 17, something like that. Could you drive? No, not probably not when we met. No, in fact, definitely not because I think the first date we went on was like with a group of friends and parents had to drive us to uh, the pool hall or wherever we, we ended up. The pool hall. Wow, Matt. <laughs> Shooting some billiards, This baby. is when we find Someone out that Matt is 70. <laughs> you didn't have pool, pool tables where you grew up? A pool hall? Um, no. What? I'm from the South. You just drop your kids off in a field. 
<laughs> they all hang out. The good ones stay on one side playing like field games. The bad ones are drunk and okay, they're all, all right. in the same place. Nice. <laughs> that was a beautiful picture you just painted. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's wild though. Like I can't, I can't even remember my childhood. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, which is good. If I met my husband then, I'd be like, "Who this?" Um, so, speaking of my lack of memory, sometimes I try to journal. I go in little spurts where I'll journal for a month and then I'll stop, and then six months later I'll pick it up and I'll journal again. That brings us to today's topic in a very forced segue once again. So today we are looking at National Novel Writing Month. Who's excited? Me, 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 me. And that month is November. So don't worry, listeners, you're off the hook. Uh, it's half gone. So you don't have to participate. Uh, <laughs> but now you know about it. It's November. You can start writing and you you can, you know, save up all your energy for next year. But you could also choose to start now because the goal, I think, is to write 50,000 words of the novel during November. Now, the way I write, that would just be me staying up for 24 hours. <laughs> in the last two days of November and getting 50,000 words out there. Uh, the I believe that method. so much, Lindsay. <laughs> uh, duh. Like literally I was doing some kind of like visioning with what I, my ideal partnerships are like. And I was like, I what? need like creative partnerships, what my ideal creative partnerships are like. Okay. And I yeah. was like, I need someone who won't be upset with me when I miss the deadline because they know eventually I'll turn in something really good, but so also <laughs> will will also will uh, remind me <laughs> if I'm if I'm late. <laughs> Sounds like you want a taskmaster. I need an assistant. What I need is an assistant. Mm, okay. I just don't have the money for that yet. There's one on your phone. You could use you could use that. Yeah, no, I can ignore that. <laughs> are you kidding me? I'm there, the there true boss of that. That's a good very, point. Yeah. We can talk about this later, Lindsay, but there are some very cheap, some might even be free AI assistants that you can use. Yeah, but I think you're saying, Lindsay, you need the social pressure of a real yeah. person to be like, I'm, I need this from you. What's going on? You know what I mean? I get I, that. I understand I need what you mean. a slight disappointment from yeah. someone else totally. that cares totally. about me. Totally. You know, they're, they're sad because they're like, you're only hurting yourself in me a little <laughs> bit, but mostly yourself, girl. And I love you. So we need you to get it the fuck together. <laughs> so we need to build disappointment into our AI companions. Honestly, I know we're being a little silly here, but that is an extraordinary observation that is missing from a lot of our technological systems. Yeah, no, I There's think a humanness. I, yeah. yeah, I think the next level of AI is that you'll be able to choose the personality of your bot. And I want to do the voiceover for all of the sassy bots. Mm -hmm. Get your <laughs> shit together. Yikes. This, <laughs> Don't that yell at me. That going to go off in five minutes. Are you fucking ready? Yeah, I want to do the sassy voice. It's not just the the pushing and the sassiness. It really is like you need to have a, a personal relationship with the bot and feel you, the human, you need to feel like the bot cares mm -hmm. and that you are letting the bot down. And then the bot gets sassy or yells or expresses disappointment. Like, but so you... we need a Jewish mother as one of the personalities. Yes, maybe the most most importantly though, it, the the ones that work the best are the friends who like really care about you and yeah. 
that's the only investment. They're like, I really know you want to do this and this is what's best for you. Why don't you just try it? Like, I believe that if you do this today, you'll feel better, you know, because I have friends like that. For sure. That's, that's one category. And what do you think about also like the, the respected boss, the person that you think is smart or good or whatever, and you want to deliver or impress them. And if you don't, man, that feels bad. Like that's not necessarily someone who cares about you like a friend, but it, you, you don't want to disappoint them. You know? right, well, yeah. I just want all of you to know that my app is being released in, in <laughs> very shortly. It's called guilt.ly and um, it's coming soon. <laughs> uh, guilt.ly, you need the Libyan uh, top level domain, by the way, that might be a little tricky to get. Just FYI. You say Libyan? <laughs> look, look into it. Yeah, I, I think dot, dot .ly is Libyan. I could be mistaken. I'll, I'll look it up. <laughs> all right. Uh, well... Is it time? It's time for trivia. Yeah. Get ready. Get ready. <laughs> it's a quick one. It's a quick one. But I think you'll find it fun. Okay. Uh, we're talking about writing novels uh, today. And uh, I, which of these three famous musicians mm. has an even more famous literary ancestor? I have three oh. choices here. Get ready. Is it A, Melanie C? We all know Melanie C, right? Mel C, she baby. Mel C, one of the five Spice Girls. Did you did you know that, Lindsay? Yeah, five Spice. I, I love that. I love that you knew that. Isn't she sporty? Uh, um, I didn't write that down. I don't know. Yeah, girl. I uh, think that's sporty Spice. She is the great granddaughter of Agatha Christie, <gasps> author of countless classic detective novels. Melanie's last name is Christie, but she didn't want to ride the coattails of her famous ancestor when embarking on her singing career. That's choice A. Or is it B? Musician and DJ Moby is the great, great, great nephew of Herman Melville, author of Moby Dick, which is where he got his artist name. Or is it C, Huey Lewis from Huey Lewis and the News, greatest band of all time. He is the grandson of author C.S. Lewis, author of the Narnia book series. Which of these is true? Which other two did I make up? Um, Huey Lewis and the News being the best band of all time is perhaps the most 80s thing anyone has ever said. That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy, but Let me tell very you, it holds fun. Up, though. It good holds party up good. band. Yes. I, I dare you to play it at a party and people not dance. No, it, it will, da- it will it, happen. Amen. That is yeah. correct. This is very hard. I'm going to let Lindsay just go to town. Oh, um, God. I think she has a streak to uphold. Did you get the yes. last two right? Yeah, you got it. This is the third. I'm just oh, going to diversify and choose one of the others. That's oh, God. my strategy. Oh, God. The pressure is so no pressure. high. I feel like I, I. these people are all so famous. It's wild that we wouldn't know if any of these were true, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is Melanie C. alone that famous? Come on. Um, how dare you disparage Sporty Spice herself? Um <laughs> But I do think that, you know, when Mel C was famous, I was reading Agatha Christie. So I feel like oh, okay. I would have known, right. you know, teenagers, you know, I don't. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, Mary yeah, and those Joseph. teenagers reading uh, British crime novels. Yes, that's. Uh, oh, come on. Teenagers do read British crime novels, right? <laughs> Am I, I the only one? Come on. You might be the what? only one. I don't know. Oh, man. Weird. Okay, fine. Whatever. I'm weird. I liked it. Um, okay, so I'm I'm just gonna... I have no idea. I feel like 
because I'm so young. I just wouldn't have known if Huey Lewis in the News was the son of C.S. Lewis. But are they even British? Is Huey Lewis in the News British? I mean, people people move to different countries mm. over time, so that you got that. Not the Lewis family. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're very <laughs> firmly planted. Okay. Yeah, they stay close to their roots. Um, I'm just chilling, I'm, sticking with my strategy. Yeah, yeah, amen. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Um, oh. No, 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 no. You okay. are supposed oh. to do all the hard work here, and yes. I am going to randomly <laughs> choose one of the other two. Okay, fine, 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 fine. I'm going to go with Moby. It just, okay. that's cool. That's fun. Lindsay goes with Moby, uh, great, great, great nephew of Herman Melville. Yeah. Uh, what's your diversified answer, Alan? God, I don't even remember which which letter that was. <laughs> that's B. That's uh, that your B. B. All right. I'm going with A for baby A. Baby A goes A again. Melanie C. <laughs> Melanie Christie. We will find out who is related to a literary ancestor after this fine commercial break. Thank you so much to the following patrons who we would write a thousand words and tomes for. Yes. Thank you so much to Wesley Cordell. Indeed, and thank you, the magnanimous Jerry Duran. I will write you a sonnet, Jessica Fox. And to you, Kathy Phillips, an ode of joy. And to Matthew Scott, a letter of love. And to Melissa Elliott, a song of smiles. And a poem to William. And to Alison, a deepest love letter to you, my darling. Thank you so much to all of you who have contributed at our Patreon at the $10 or more level. Ah, 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 something about <laughs> iambic pentameter. Put it here, put it here. Thank you so much, patreon.com slash 2G1P. entitled Sofa Sleeper Couch Looking for a new best friend From the number one website for furniture-based missed connections Craigslist.org Hey there, so yeah My worst fears have been realized I was kicked out by my best friend this weekend Him and his girlfriend are moving in together. He broke the news to me over the weekend. She couldn't, quote, bear to part with her couch, quote. So I'm the one that has to move out. I knew she felt threatened by me. I could tell the first time she sat on me. So I'm looking for a new roommate and potential best friend. Someone that appreciates what I have to offer and won't drop me just because their girl tells them to. Honestly, I'm a chick magnet. Girls love me. Probably why she felt threatened by me, you know? We had some really good times. And I was always there for him when he was too tired to stumble upstairs. I guess I'm still in shock. I never dreamed this would happen. So, a little about me. 
I was separated from my parents when I was young. My mother was a queen bed and very highly respected. My father, however, was a common sectional couch and their relationship was looked upon as taboo in those days. When the queen produced a sofa sleeper, I was quickly taken away and placed for adoption as to not bring further shame to the kingdom. And uh, that's how I came to meet my best friend. He took me in and we formed a bond, a bond I never thought would break. We partied, we watched TV together. I even went to Rockfest with him one year and crowd surfed, it was amazing. So that's pretty much my story in a nutshell. Really hoping to find a new home soon. I adapt easily. I'm good in guest bedrooms, man caves. Heck, even a garage would be cool. Think of the good times we could have together. I promise I'll provide you with lots of good memories and restful sleep. You can email, call, or text me. I'm around during the day from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. I'm anxiously awaiting to hear from you and get this party started, my friend. Remember, it's first come, first serve. Whoever gets here first is my new best friend. I'm not waiting around. I'm looking for a new roommate, actually. So if that (gasps) couch... Oh my gosh, yeah. I think this could be a really good fit for you. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Great. I mean, as long as he pays on time. He, I mean, he's of royal descent, so it yeah. seems like he might have a little trust fund sitch going on there. Oh, great. Mm, let's wait for the, the check to clear on this ad, though. To, uh, when Once he pays for the spot, then we'll... Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I'll, okay. I'll let you, I'll let okay. you know. If it's a red flag, we don't want, I don't want you to get stuck. Yeah. yeah, no, thank you so much. And I'll, I'll cut this part out so they don't, the sponsor doesn't hear. Okay, cool. Truly, one of my roommates is moving out, and I'm so sad about it. Anyway, is it time for the trivia answer? Yes, it is. Which famous musician has a more famous literary ancestor? Allie went with Melanie C., the one of the Spice Girls, is the daughter, uh, no, excuse me, the great-granddaughter, of course, of Agatha Christie. Lindsay chose B, uh, musician and DJ Moby, is the great-great-great-nephew of Herman Melville, <laughs> author of Moby Dick. Uh, nobody chose Huey Lewis from Huey Lewis and oh the News, greatest God, band of all time. Probably Huey Lewis. <laughs> of C.S. Lewis, Narnia. Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, everyone's sticking. Lindsay has the streak to uphold. Can she get three in a row? Pressure is the stakes are high. Pressure's high. What what what, what are we doing here? I think I think I'm gonna stay. Well, my strategy was uh, very logic based, and I'm gonna stick with it. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. The correct answer is. <gasps> It's Moby. Yeah. The streak lives on. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice work, Lindsay. The embarrassment of C.S. Lewis if his literary like prestige <laughs> was overshadowed by the greatest party starting band of all time. <laughs> I don't know what you were going to say there. I thought you were going to say like, oh, if C.S. Lewis was tarnished by this, uh, this singer, how dare you? Just overshadowed. Overshadowed. Empty Square is like, it's one of the greatest songs. Power of Love. Power. That's truly the power. It's truly the power. Uh, Richard Melville Hall 
uh, is the uh, birth name of Moby. And uh, he was nicknamed Moby as a child by his parents, which is a direct reference to the whale uh, dreamed up by author uh, Herman Melville. This is, comes out of a piece in The Guardian. I guess uh, Moby had written a memoir or a retrospective on his life or his career uh, in which this was uh, discussed. So uh, that's quite a lineage. Wow, that's cool. I tried to read Moby Dick three times before I actually finished it. (laughs) And then when I did finish, I was like, oh, that is good. (laughs) (laughs) That was epic. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, I I feel that. I've never read it. There's so many books that I need, like classics that I feel guilty about not reading. And but I just... You know so what happens. You There's can't so read much everything. Time. You can't do everything. I'm going to Wikipedia it. It's going to be fine. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. It is time to welcome our guest. He is the program director over at NaNoWriMo or National Novel Writing Month, which is this month. It's November. Everyone, put your hands together for Tim Hyojin Kim. Woo! Welcome, Tim. Thank you. So excited to be here. I'm excited to have you, as is Allie. I am. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) Great. So first of all, I need you to compliment me on how well or not well I said your name. It was really (laughs) legit. I'm I'm impressed. Thank you. Thank you. He had no choice but to say that. He had no choice. You cornered him. We'll we'll boot him out of here. It's not about fishing for compliments. (laughs) It's it's fine. I may or may not have worked at multiple Korean actors after schools in my life, no big deal. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I was impressed with your pronunciation, but pff, I don't know. <laughs> I, I love Korean food. Does that count for anything? <laughs> it definitely counts. I feel like we need to hear your pronunciation of Kalbi. <laughs> She's like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Wait, did you just hear it? I did it perfectly, but my audio cut out. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was definitely there. Yeah. I'm fucking crushed it. <laughs> My best phrases are Kamsamnida, Chamanyeo, and Anjo. Very solid for an after school program. I feel like I can totally understand the need for all of those. <laughs> I, w- I want you to know that my favorite, my best phrases are I'll have the bulgogi. That's mine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, but anyway, <laughs> okay, let's, let's give our listeners a little bit of a primer. Can you tell us about National Novel Writing Month? How long has it been around? When did it get started and why? Yeah, totally. National Novel Writing Month uh, has been around since 1999, so a long-ass time now. (laughs) Uh, It was founded by uh, Chris Beatty, who was just, you know, at the time he was a freelance writer, and he was like, I really want to write a novel, but I feel like I've never been able to make the time to do this. And so he got a group of friends to do it. I think there were maybe like 20 of them that first year. And it eventually became a nonprofit. I think it became a nonprofit in 2005 or 2007. I can't quite remember. But, you know, from that group of 20 friends, it's become a nonprofit that serves about 400,000 people around the world. Uh, We work with 800 uh, municipal liaisons who are volunteers who coordinate write-ins and writing events in their local cities. And we also work with, this year, around 400 libraries and bookstores around the world as well. Ooh, that is so cool. Yeah. (laughs) So, well, one thing, how do you pronounce it? Or would you like to hear us try to pronounce it? And then you can correct us. I would love to hear y'all pronounce it. (laughs) Okay. I think Allie has it right, or she's doing it correctly. So I'm going to go first because I thought it was Nanorimo. 
But I thought it was NaNoWriMo. We definitely say NaNoWriMo, but there are not there are a decent number of folks out there who say NaNoWriMo. So we're you know we're not policing how people say it, but uh, over at HQ we usually say NaNoWriMo. That was the most polite way of saying you're wrong. <laughs> you should police it. You should just uh, go after people. I think. I think that makes the most phonetic sense as well. Yeah, I mean, it's like writing, right? Like that rye part, yeah. (laughs) Was the number you just mentioned 4,000 people around the world? Uh, It's 400,000 people. 400,000, right. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) That makes more sense and is a lot bigger. I was wondering how many different countries are represented. Do you have that statistic? Yeah, you know, I don't know countries exactly, but we have regions, and so on the website so you can join or you join your local NaNoWriMo region and I think we have about 460 of those right now. Wow. How many November novels have you written? Oh my gosh, I try every single year. I've worked at NaNoWriMo for 10 years now, which is kind of kind of blows my own mind, but um, <laughs> I try every single year, so I've tried 10 times. I've won exactly once. <laughs> <laughs> Tim! <laughs> I know, I know. We'll see if this is my year to, to get that win number two. <laughs> nice. Well, I have a related question, which is, is November your busiest time work-wise? So maybe your personal writing month should be like December. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's definitely our busiest season for sure. So <laughs> yeah, a little bit of an extra challenge. That's yeah. true. That Oh, Allie, that is so empathetic for you to think about it in that way. I know. Thank you for understanding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have a friend who works at Movember. So November is a really big month for them as well. And so like this time of year is the craziest. So it would it would make sense that November would be a tough month for you to write a novel. Also, I'm giving you just like the easiest pass, like just (laughs) take it and run. We'd love to dive into what are all of the different resources that you guys are providing? Because I saw some really interesting and unexpected ones. It looks like you're really using the technology that's out there. Um, Like I saw you're on Twitch and things like that. So could you give us just an overview of the different ways that you are helping people write? I mean, you know, we've always been a pretty online community. Like it's part of the reason we've been able to serve so many people. You know, 400,000 people around the world, we have about 10 to 12 paid staff. Um, and so the ratio of like staff to how many people we're serving and even just the ratio of staff to like our volunteers, like our 900 volunteers is it's a lot. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the website itself is we like to describe it as a social network for writers and also kind of a fitness tracker. But for words, oh. we get a lot of engagement on the website and we did a redesign maybe two years ago that um because people were always like, you know, I don't want to just do this in November. I want to be able to track my word count and use your tools all year round. And so we did that redesign two years ago to let that happen. And then, like you mentioned, we're, a lot of our volunteers especially are just taking advantage of a lot of different online tools. And so we, I think the Twitch thing you're referencing was we did like 100 hours of writing on Twitch, where we just had like a constant stream of folks writing. Um, and then we also... Discord has just exploded within our community in a big way, especially since the pandemic hit. So I mentioned the municipal liaisons before, and usually in normal years, they're coordinating in-person write-ins. And so they're working with the libraries and bookstores we partner with to bring people in and so that you can meet each other and get to know your local writers and spend some time writing together so it doesn't feel so solitary. Because of the pandemic, you know, obviously, we we asked all of our municipal liaisons to just go fully virtual. 
a lot of Zoom, a lot of Twitch, a lot of YouTube streaming, a lot of Discord. Would you say there are differences in how each of those channels are used? You know, we've been around since 1999. And so I think in terms of where our community has always been, when we first started, we were on Yahoo Groups. If y'all remember Yahoo Groups. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah. So before we even, we even had a website, you know, the community was organizing through Yahoo Groups. And then we built the website. People were really active and like we had just like kind of your typical forum set up. And so people were really like, you know, getting in touch with each other there and talking that way. And then social media blew up. And so we became really active on like Twitter and YouTube and Instagram and all of that. Yeah, I'd say like the last few years, just seeing a lot of the kind of like community building work happening on Discord, where the regions are really organizing that way. They used to do that through like Facebook groups a little bit more, but now they've definitely kind of fully moved to Discord. <laughs> With Twitch and YouTube, it's been more like live streaming events. And so, you know, when we first came on YouTube, we were like, we weren't 100% sure like what people wanted from us there, you know? And so we were kind of trying to put up writing videos and things like that. But we're a small nonprofit. We don't have that many resources. And so having to put together like a super highly produced video wasn't really working for us. And so maybe like seven or eight years ago, we started doing virtual write-ins. Um, and that was something that like was really... It just took off. And so really, it's just, you know, us streaming there for an hour <laughs> um, and giving word, like w doing word sprints. Do you all know what word sprints are? No, please tell me. <laughs> so they're just like timed writing exercises. And so we'll say like, okay, like, let's write for 5, 10, 20 minutes. And then sometimes there'll be like, like a writing prompt. And then at the end of that time, everyone will kind of check back in and share how many words they've written or share a sentence or two. Have y'all heard on like TikTok lately, like there a bunch of people are doing like live stream study sessions where they just like kind of, <laughs> where someone's just on camera doing their studying and then other people study alongside them. No. Have you seen those on TikTok? That's so cute though. I yeah. Know. That's really sweet. I love that that's happening. So interesting. But the first thing it made me think of was like, oh yeah, like this is super similar to what we've been doing for a long time, which is just. Having a person on camera doing the thing with you and you watching and also participating and being able to share, cool, like, I got through this chapter, or, you know, in our case, cool, I got through, you know, 500 words, just feeling like you're being able to do that together, um, I think has been really interesting on a live stream end. We also do word sprints via like social media on Twitter, things like that. Um, we have a whole like nano word sprints Twitter account. Wow. I also saw that you guys do Instagram takeovers. We do. Yeah. So... Uh, we're really lucky to be able to work with a lot of authors, um, a lot of published authors, and they've been really generous with their time volunteering with us. And so when they volunteer with us, they'll take over. Um, this is, again, something that we used to do more on Twitter, but just like we saw our audience shifting and also just the ways that people were using social media platforms were shifting. And so now they've mostly been doing takeovers on Instagram, it seems like, where our authors are a little bit more comfortable, especially the young adult authors that we work with. Yeah, so they'll take over. We'll like, you know, they'll put up a sticker for people to ask questions and then they'll answer a bunch of questions. It's been really great. We had um, Aiden Thomas take over earlier this year in the summer and just the questions he's answering, talking about, you know, how do you write when you have ADHD or like what mechanisms do you have to be able to kind of really focus when you're, you know, not neurotypical? And so questions that I feel like are really 
relevant to people and they're able to answer them directly. It's It's been cool. Wow. I love that. I love how technologically savvy you guys are because it's uh, like I when I think of this group, I also think of like librarians. Like you think of like the <laughs> most anti-tech, you know what I mean? But I love mm-hmm. that you guys are like using every single tool possible to encourage people to write. I was also going to say to to get them to connect with other yeah. writers yeah. as well, which is yeah. really a hard thing for a lot of a lot of writers because they don't always present you know, extrovert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I also just think as, as we were discussing a little bit at the top, it's such a solitary experience. You're writing it. It's mm-hmm. just yours. You know what I mean? And it's so important to find that community as well. Like we were t- discussing at the top, like the value of co-working spaces that you just have community when you're working by yourself. But yeah, I, I also, something I thought was interesting when I was just kind of browsing before this interview was the, the different types of tips and things you were giving. Like I saw something about like psychology exercises. So just love to dive in even more into the types of like angles that you're hitting to encourage people to write. I will say like, it's been interesting because we've had like, like any kind of 20 year old organization, we've had some evolutions, you know, and I think the internet's evolved a lot too. And so kind of, it's a conversation in that way, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so at first we were super just like hyper-focused on like your word count, right? Because the cha- the challenge in November is to write 50,000 words of a novel. And so, you know, that's a pretty steep challenge. You're having to write about 1667 words every single day, which if, you, if you've ever tried to do that, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, seems like a bit much. Wait, can you break that down? How many pages is that approximate? Like how many typed pages, normal font? Like, you know, because I can't wrap my head around that number. <laughs> uh, well, so 50,000 words of a novel, it's about the length of The Great Gatsby. Um, that's the kind of the reference point that we usually give. And then one, 1,667 words, I think it depends on your word processor, but usually for me, that's about, you know, three to four pages. It also depends, you know, how much dialogue's on the page. Wait, so it's three to four pages a day? Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that translation for me. Allie, you can do this. I believe in you, Allie. <laughs> yeah, that actually, three to four pages makes it sound much more doable, to be honest, yeah. for me. It does, actually. It's like, oh, I could churn that out in an hour. <laughs> I don't know if it'd be good, but I could do it. <laughs> like, I'm working on a pilot. It's only 30 pages. <laughs> but yeah, okay, cool. Okay, I have several questions, obviously. First, I want to know, is there someone in the community who is known for like having the most November novel completions? Oh, I don't know off the top of my head, just because mm-hmm. we used to talk about putting like leaderboards on the website, but we we're like, <laughs> ah, it feels like a little too competitive. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to discourage people. <laughs> no, but we've definitely had people who've been doing NaNoWriMo and like are really good at doing NaNoWriMo for, you know, years and years. Yeah. One person that comes to mind, their username is Sushi Must Write on the website. And they've been doing NaNoWriMo since they were, you know, in middle school. Aww. And so they've been doing it for almost as long as the organization's been around. And I think they win every single year. The amount they're able to write, the amount they're able to write in a day blows my mind. Because sometimes they'll have like 10,000 word days. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Go fuck yourself. 10,000. <laughs> it's like November 28th. That would be me getting in the, that last <laughs> that last fifth of the novel you gotta do. <laughs> I love that. Well, do you know of any writers who have gained popularity, critical acclaim, or both from 
their novel that they've written during NaNoWriMo? Yeah. So a lot of authors have drafted the first draft of their novels with during NaNoWriMo, which has been really cool. You know, I think just one thing we try to remind folks is that you're doing the first draft. And so it's going to be rough. There's going to be a lot more work involved. Um, and eventually it's going to get shaped into something. But Aaron Morganson wrote the first draft of The Night Circus during NaNoWriMo. <gasps> yeah. Marissa Meyer participates a lot. What? That's cool. Water for Elephants was kind of the first big novel that started as a first draft during NaNoWriMo. Sarah Gruen wrote that in November. Cool. Hugh Howie, he wrote the Wool series during NaNoWriMo. That's being made into a TV show now, which I'm excited for. I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Y'all better get a special thanks in those credits. Yeah. <laughs> when is National Novel Editing Month? Because that's the process that kills me. Yeah. We actually introduced... <laughs> I forget exactly when. This is maybe like five or six years back. We introduced the Now What Months because the question we got all the time after November was, well, I wrote a novel. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Love great. it. Wait, it's called the Now What Month? Yeah. So it's um, January and February. In January, we focus more on guiding people through the editing and revision process. And then February, we kind of focus a little bit more on like what it looks like to pursue publishing, whether you want to pursue traditional or self. Wow. That's that's awesome. Yeah. That is so cool. I need the now what months. <laughs> They're coming up. I'm excited. I'm gonna yeah. join. Can I join the now what months with a pilot? Yes, please. Yeah, that'd be great. We used to have a, a a program called Script Frenzy where people were trying to write 100 pages of a script in a month, but we retired that program. But maybe that would have been the right one for you. <laughs> Why'd you retire it? You couldn't stand the the artist, the the like theatery types. See, they got. Oh no, 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 no. So you know, it's actually the only program we've ever retired, and it was just because we wanted to. So we introduced Camp Nanorimo, and that happens in April and July, and those are months where you can tackle any writing challenge and so that includes like scripts and mm. you know editing challenges and people write like cookbooks or they write memoirs i think in the past two years we've introduced tracks for each camp nanorimo event and so uh, providing like extra special support and resources and mentors for folks who are writing in a specific type of creative project and we've done musicals we've done memoirs we've done just if you're really fo hyper-focused on revising and editing your novel. And so those have been really fun. Wow, Ali. So it's the opposite. They they wanted more theater weirdos. So yeah. they, <laughs> they made it more open. Amazing. I feel like there's so much overlap between theater weirdos and writer weirdos. So <laughs> Oh, truly. Yeah, there's overlap. There's, there's overlap. And then there's some really specific distinctions. <laughs> but what are you all doing as an organization to perhaps target underrepresented groups? It's a big focus for our nonprofit because, you know, we have uh, like maybe four or five years ago, like we started talking about like really seriously, like we were doing demographic surveys of our audience and realizing that like, wow, we're really serving a lot of white people. <laughs> Um, and so when we were looking at the breakdowns, when we were doing our surveys, we we're recognizing that, you know, we're, an, we're a very international organization, but the number of folks who are writing with us are overwhelmingly female, overwhelmingly white. And the female part, we're like, awesome. We were super excited about that. But the white part, we were like, oh, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so, you know, we've been working on a racial equity strategy for a long time. And I think this year we introduced like specific writers of color gatherings. Um, I've been hosting those, which have been so like, just the best, like really restorative, really exciting, really energizing. You know, we serve a lot of a lot of white people, but we also serve a lot of people of color who've been with us for a really long time. And so being able to like really build community with them specifically for them has been so energizing. So we meet twice, the Writers of Color group meets twice a month. We usually get really cool author guests to come in as well and share what their creative journey and process has been like. In terms of all of our programs, we have a program called the Young Writers Program, which works specifically with educators and students who are, you know, K through 12 here in the United States. And that program has always been actually the program that we've been trying to model our racial equity strategy around just because it represents the representation for YWP is way better. <laughs> I think in the adult programs, we're serving about like 87% like of the people who are responding to our surveys, 87% are reporting as white. And then for the Young Writers Program, it's like 46% reporting as white. So just doing a lot better job with the students and educators who are working with us. And so trying to get there, trying to meet that level with our other programs. I think it's cool that you're reaching out to young people, which is awesome. I'm also interested in what you're doing to reach out to older people who seem like the prime demographic. They got yeah. a lot of time. They ain't got nothing to do. <laughs> they might as well write a novel. <laughs> it's really true. I mean, I think like we're really excited to you know sometimes we get questions from people who are like oh is national novel writing month only for kids or like is it only for for young folks and it's always like you know we've always been so you know excited to welcome people who are of all different ages we've done a couple of pilot programs we're trying to figure out you know like what additional resources we can be providing because i think on the one hand a lot of there are a lot of older people who are pretty technologically savvy not to say that all old people cannot use <laughs> the internet or computers, but we've definitely been able to provide um, some special like walkthroughs and guides for like, okay, like if you're having a little bit of trouble with the website, like here's how to navigate all of the different pieces. Uh, we've also done a couple of pilot programs within like retirement facilities and, and nursing homes. So working directly with staff there to offer programming because a lot of them will have pretty extensive programming. And so working with them to bring if you want to write a novel or a lot of them, actually, we get a lot more requests from uh, older folks around, you know, I want to write my memoirs. Like, how do I do that? And so mm. it's part of the reason why that memoir track during Camp NaNoWriMo earlier this year. I love that. That's so cute. <laughs> it's really cute. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be cool if you had a crossover event where the young writers and <gasps> the memoir. I like it. Like older people like read to each other. That'd be so fun. Wait, that's such a good idea. Take I'm notes, Tim. Take, take I notes. know. I'm taking that note. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will give you credit if we move forward with that. <laughs> I mean, you're welcome. <laughs> I love that. I had another question along the lines of underrepresented communities. I don't yeah. know, but I'm going to guess that there's also a big gap in terms of what which demographics actually get published. Wealth disparity. Yeah. So is there anything you guys do on that front? Not to make you feel better, put like the responsibility <laughs> of the entire publishing industry on your shoulders. I understand you're focused more on the writing, but I imagine there's that big gap between the writers and who actually gets published. Totally. I mean, one thing we were talking about was, um, you know, for me growing up, like I, 
never really thought about like publishing as a job. <laughs> um, you know, my parents were immigrants here from Korea and, you know, like a lot of immigrant families, they were super focused on like, you have to get a job that's really going to bring in the cash. <laughs> um, and that's just really going like, to you know, help you feel secure. The typical thing of pushing you into like a doctor or a lawyer kind of field. I'm Jewish. I understand completely. Our people are the same. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And so I just didn't even know, you know, like I didn't know that publishing was an industry. I didn't know what kind of jobs were in publishing. I didn't know like how you even navigate the world of if you wrote a book, like how do you even get that out there? You know, it can be kind of intimidating and labyrinthine and like, there's just so much to navigate. I feel like I'm a lot of it is like based on like people who you know. And so especially for me, you know, like not growing up in a community where there were a lot of published authors or where there were people who just knew how to navigate that whole system, you just feel kind of in the dark, you know? And so I think for us, like one of the things we were recognizing in particular with, you know, folks who are also in communities where just publishing doesn't feel as much like a reality whether that's because, you know, you're somewhere super rural or because you grow up, you know, um, in a culture that just is really underrepresented currently in our publishing industry here in the United States. One of the things we were really excited to be doing, especially during the Now What months, is just providing more access, right? Like we talk all the time about like, you know, part of the mission of our organization is to make, like, we really believe stories matter. And we believe that telling your story, there's a lot of power and, you know, skill that comes out of that. Um, and because of that, we want to build more access to the power of creative writing. And so a lot of that has been about, it's part of the reason we bring in the authors to the Writers of Color Hangouts, just because um, they're able to tell us about their creative journey, like what they went through, what were things they, that they learned, what were the things that they didn't know about the publishing industry. You just don't necessarily always get to have those conversations based on where you live or the culture that you grow up in. That's been something that's been really exciting. And also just, you know, it's part of the, it's part of the other reason why we're trying to build community, right? And trying to build a really big, inclusive, welcoming community um, and why it's so important for us to be looking at the fact that like, oh man, like, you know, there aren't as many people of color within our community as we would ideally like to see. And maybe that signals that we're having a problem with how we're presenting and how we're welcoming people in. And so, you know, based on our mission, based on the things that we want to do, it's part of the reason why we're we're, we're taking that really seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't totally blame yourselves. I think there's some other <laughs> factors involved. <laughs> like what you just said about your own parents. I think a lot of immigrants go through that with their parents saying, you can't be a writer. That's not stable, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You're yeah. like, how many? I want to be a writer. I'm going to major in literature. And she's like, Anjo, we're going to have a talk. <laughs> 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 what happened to being a doctor? <laughs> what if someone doesn't finish their novel in November? Should they just be like, oh, well, give up all your dreams? Or like, are there ways to continue? Do you have like an addendum program for the stragglers? Yeah. <laughs> Lindsay's asking for a friend herself. <laughs> My friend is me myself. That's who I am asking for. <laughs> If you finish, if you write the last word on December 1st, it throw it in the trash. It's, it's trash. It's trash. You're trash and nobody wants to read you it. You are trash. Oh, no. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, it's, you know, the number of people who win, who, you know, quote unquote, win NaNoWriMo, they actually hit 50,000 in November. It's like maybe... 20 to 30 percent of everybody who actually starts their novel and then you know there are a lot of people who sign up for november but then 
you know, maybe like 30% of them don't even start. And so the number of people who participate in NaNoWriMo but don't win, y'all are in the majority or we're in the majority <laughs> since I've won once out of 10 times. It, like I said before, like part of the reason that we wanted to make our tools and resources available, because honestly, before the website used to basically kind of shut down <laughs> halfway through December, basically at that point, we were like, bye, cool, wow. we're done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> See you next year, suckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and part of the evolution has been that like, yeah, you know, like people, you know, especially during the pandemic, we've just seen like, you know, folks are stretched then there's so much stuff on their minds you know like last year in particular like we were hearing so much from our community like there's not just the pandemic happening but there's also you know all the stuff that was happening around george floyd and in the u.s in particular there was just like especially if you're a writer of color it's just it's really hard to create you know mm -hmm. and so i think uh one of the things that we were we've really been trying to remind people is that you know if you get 10 words, that's an accomplishment, right? Like it's something you created something that didn't exist before. And so taking it at the pace that is going to work for you. November is really exciting because there's a really huge community. Everyone's trying to do this thing together mm. and setting aside this block of time to kind of prioritize your own creativity and be like, I'm really going to try to do this thing is amazing in of itself, you know? And so we try to remind people, hey, even if you're not on track for 50,000, like, but you're writing every single day. Or, you know, even if you get to like 500 words, like it's an incredible thing you're doing. You know, you're really making the time to prioritize this dream, to prioritize telling this story that's really meaningful to you. And so definitely not like a throw it in the trash if you if you update in December. <laughs> <laughs> Light it on fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the resources and website and community, you know, we're around all year round now. So it's just like we're all we're, we're always going to be here for you. You know, like when you're ready to kind of really do this thing and you want support around it, we're ready when you are. <laughs> All right. Well, where should our listeners go to find you? Definitely just come to the website. So it's nanorimo.org. Um, it's open to anybody who's 13 and older. If you are under the age of 18, you can also go to ywp.nanorimo.org, and that's specifically for young writers. Love it. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you all so much. This was delightful. You're a great guest. I need you in all the audiences. I will send you, <laughs> I'm happy to send come you all the dates. Any audiences. Yeah. <laughs> what? An absolute delight. <laughs> I want to be his friend. Uh, I mean, I've said that about a lot of guests, but he just really, honestly, I didn't even have to make jokes and he laughed. And I like that in a person. <laughs> the, yeah. You know, my self-esteem is good now and I mm. didn't do much. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Yeah. I Speaking of like the types of people and friends I wanted in my life, he wouldn't be mad at me if I don't finish my novel by the end yeah, of the but month. You might need someone to be a little mad at you. <laughs> right. As we yeah. previously covered. Yeah. yeah not, no. not mad, but just like disappointed. It's different. And I respond better to that. If you're mad, I'm like, well, what do you care? You're so mean. But if you're disappointed, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I'm bad. I will do better. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But anyway, right. what if Tim knows our husbands, Allie? We freaking forgot to ask him about it. Honestly, I think my husband is lost. I think he's in a black hole somewhere. And, uh, you know, I just... <laughs> That's very dark. That's very dark because it's a black hole. Um, I'm just going to live my life, he's, you know? He's been crushed to the size of an atom by the intense gravity of a black hole. It's very, uh, very unfortunate. <laughs> so he's dead. Half. 
maybe Tim Kim is Lindsay's husband. <gasps> well, we're, oh we were going to get there in a we second. We got to find out if he's okay, married to the I don't ladies. Know. I don't know. I don't know. Is he single? He is he straight? He oh, my God. He was delightful. Find I'm into me. it. I'm into it. Let's oh, yeah. take it. Listen, I'm going north soon anyway, you know, so hop in my car. Oh, okay, <laughs> great. Right. I love it. Okay, but question for you both. Do you want the tortured writer, artist, mm -hmm. com companion partner, or do you want that sort of just like, I'm a stable nine to five. I like to, you know, go to the, like, what's, who is your, <laughs> no. who's your person? <laughs> a stable nine to five? Bling. Okay. But well, also no, but Tim, stable. Okay, go on. Not, not so answer, does yeah. that, but yeah, I would like it, Tim. Tim doesn't seem crazy and mm -hmm. he doesn't seem boring. Mm -hmm, there you go. Tim, I'm proposing to you formally over the pod. <laughs> To me, the job doesn't actually matter. Like, because you can, there are different personality types in every job. Oh, no, I That's don't mean true. the job. I, yeah, I mean, and like, someone could be like a nine to fiver and so they're actually that, very weird, which is awesome. Yeah, I love that. Sure. Yeah. I remember talking about this with Allie too previously, like, as an adventure, as an adventurous artistic person, do you want another adventurous artistic person or do you want a predictable, rock solid, supportive Man, kind of person. I'm 37. I need something that breathes. Yeah. Okay. My answer to that question is <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I don't know. Who are these options you're talking about? Let's size yeah. them up. Bring them over. Like, I yeah. don't know. We want both of them. Bring them. We don't, it's, we're not uh, here to, to say no. If they We're smell good to and they think well, <laughs> then, um, you know, basics, that's it. You know what we've got coming up, actually? We've got an episode coming up that's related to The Bachelor. I won't spoil mm -hmm. it any more than that. But I've never seen a fucking episode. Not once. Bachelor, Bachelor, I've never seen a single one. So I'm going to finally have to start because of Two Girls, One Podcast. <laughs> um, and then we're going to reenact it with all of our guests. Oh. oh. I, mm. Mm, I don't know if I'll be available for those reenactments. Hmm. <laughs> okay. <busy> <laughs> Wait, you don't want to be on an island with all of our guests and then you like decide which one is for you? Isn't that? <laughs> oh, that's a, that's uh, that's yeah, that's sp the spinoff, right? Love. Yeah. I'm just shooting in the dark. We have our 200th episode coming up so Holy soon. Holy shit. So we need to, maybe we bring every single guest back for like a giant party. I, love I don't that. know. A, a I don't rose know what that ceremony. Is. <laughs> I would love to do at least some updates. Where are they now? You know? Sure. Where are they now? Yeah, that's fun. I want yeah. a chrysanthemum ceremony. Chrysanthemums seem like very friendly flowers. I would like a passion flower ceremony because those are my favorite flowers. Hmm. Ooh, what does a passion flower look like? Oh my like? god, Google it, girl. It looks crazy. It's like prehistoric looking. It has levels. Mm. They're unbelievable. Mm. Specifically, the blue passion flower is my favorite. And I only recently realized that that's where the passion fruit comes from. And when I realized it, I was like, I should have put that together sooner. <laughs> but anyway, oh. um, well, listeners, if you have participated in this event, if you'd like to participate in this event, if you're working on your novel, if you have ideas for our 200th episode, you can pop into our Discord, discord.gg slash 2G1P. You can tweet me or Lindsay. I'm at 
Allie underscore Goldie, A-L-L-I underscore G-O-L-D-I. And I am at The Lindsay Life, T-H-E-L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-L-I-F-E across all platforms. Oh, yeah. I keep being in the habit of saying Twitter, but I finally got my shit to match. So, yeah, across platforms. Um, You can also leave us a voicemail. We love those. That number is... 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6548. And you can email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com. Most importantly, you can go to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash 2G1P. Give us your money. Um, did I miss anything? And we'll give you our love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very fair exchange. Before we go, please don't encourage people to write uh, more novels because Tim said uh, that 400,000 people are writing <laughs> novels this month. And um, Tim's a lovely guy. I don't want to shit on Nanarimo. I think it's cool. But like, I-, I don't have time to read all those novels. <laughs> so it's too much. I need it to slow down because I will never catch up. Don't worry, Matt, because only 20% of them are going to finish. Whew. Guys, how many books do you read in a year? I listen to books. Does that Because you know what I was thinking? It was very depressing. But when we were preparing for this, I was like, man, I've only got like how many books left to read in my lifetime, right? Like if I, <laughs> if yeah. I read, I sh- well, I used to read more and then my phone took away my soul and my brain. But like if I read one <laughs> a month, that's good. So that's like 12 a year. And then how many years do I have left? You know what I mean? It's not that many books. <laughs> I probably listen to two books a month. That's a lot. Yeah, that's true. With yeah. LA commutes, I'm getting in those audiobooks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a listener too because I, I reading long things is challenging for me to to stay connected. But I'll but I'll listen for a long time. So if I'm not listening to podcasts, I'll try to I'll probably do one every couple months. Yeah. Well, I've definitely reached a point where if I don't love it immediately, I'm done. I'm out of that's there. That's good. That's good. I don't know if that's, that's good wise. or bad. I think the internet's done that to me. Well. No. I think that's all. Write a book, don't write a book. Apparently, we don't care. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. I care about you. Bye. Two Girls, One Podcast is hosted by Allison Goldberg and Lindsay Ford, then crumpled into a ball and thrown next to a waste paper basket during a montage. I mean, produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Additional editing by Avital Ayler. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. This very show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.